You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that in murdering Abel, Cain is responsible for his own sin and may not blame his forefather. Individual responsibility for sin, Father Paul explains, is a main feature of the chapter. The fact that Cain ends up in the same situation as Ha'adam, Adam, cannot obscure this point, which is unmissable in the original Hebrew. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? It's a famous text. Didn't you know that you were the keeper? And again, that verb is shamar. Notice how Ultimately, the text for the attentive hearer reflects the fact that ultimately you do good only when you keep the commandment of God, as we already heard in chapter 2. So here again, we see how this passage is a powerful hinge between the preceding and the following. Again, let's remember that here we have a new setting, if you like. We had the garden before with the man and the woman. Now we have outside the garden with the human beings in general. Am I the keeper? And the answer is obviously yes. And here we have in verse 10, God as the only avenger in the Bible. Only he is allowed to take revenge. Here we have the voice of the bloodshed. We have the plural bloods in Hebrew. Bloods in the plural means the bloodshed. So the voice of the bloods of your brother are shouting, crying to me from the Adama. Notice, it's very interesting that when someone dies, one is buried or left or put in the ground. So the ground is that area that allows Cain to bring his offering to God. Again, that's the importance of the words as they stand in the original. So I'm hearing the voice of destruction, of bloodshed from the Adama that you, Cain, was supposed to serve and bring out of it life, fruits that you would offer to me. But what I'm hearing now is that your Adama is presenting to me the bloodshed, notice now, of a human being, not a member of the flock, as in the case of Abel earlier. 
So Abel becomes, if you like, the lamb that is offered, and this is not allowed. The only time it is allowed, it's only when God says so in the law, and then with it we have the culmination of Isaiah 53, where God decides that one person would be a sacrifice. Okay, so this text is very loaded, and then the culmination unexpected, because until now it was the land that was cursed in the case of Adam. Remember, the man was not cursed. But in this case, it is Cain, in verse 11, who is cursed, min ha'adama. It is as though out of and thus away from. And that will be explained in the rest of the story, where Cain, although he still lives on the Adama, that's the only place where the human being can live, and yet he will be living as a stranger and as any wanderer on the earth. Very important. It is as though he is stranger to the Adama. Remember, Cain is the son of Adam, and thus he is Adamic. He should be connected, and yet his punishment is to live unconnected to the earth. And the play will culminate in verse 16, where he is exiled into the land of Nod. Now, this Nod is from the same root as one of these two nouns used in 11 to describe Cain as a fugitive and a wanderer. Let's settle that Nod is a wanderer, and thus he will be wandering in the land of wandering. Okay, again, the play can be perceived only in the original. That is the punishment of Cain. And Cain says, this is too much for me. And the word used in 13 is an interesting word in Hebrew, which is translated as punishment, but technically the word means onus. And it applies to the sin and punishment. It's a very interesting word in Hebrew. The onus of the action of Cain. But God will not allow anyone to kill Cain. It's very interesting. So life, again, once more, not only in the garden, but outside the garden, is the domain of God. Now, the exile of Cain in verse 14 is expressed through the verb garash, which is the same verb that we heard in Genesis 3.24 when Ha'adam was exiled outside of the garden. And again, let me go back to verse 16. The land of Nod is presented as being to the east of Eden. Notice all these connections. 
So to the hearing, it's not something that you can project visually and decide, take with you a compass and figure out where is Eden and where is the East. It is the hearing of words. And remember this, to the East will appear again in chapter 11 with the building of the tower. But let's stick with our text now that Cain is in a situation similar to the situation of the man outside the garden. So all these verbs that are repeated, not only the verbs, because garage is a verb, but then east of Eden are two nouns, and so, are a reminder that ultimately Cain ended up in the situation of Adam not automatically. This is how we view it, that already Cain was outside the garden and thus he was in a position of punishment. No, he is responsible for his punishment. And that teaching will be developed powerfully in the prophet Ezekiel. Each one is responsible for the result of one's action. One cannot blame the forefathers for the good or for the evil. The sin is individual, very powerful, and possibly this is the main teaching of that passage. Well, Adam was outside the garden. I was already born outside the garden. What can I do? No, that is not true according to scripture. So here again, one has to be careful not to fall in philosophizing. So we have to hear this text as much as possible in the original and possibly the complexity of this text, the original, made my presentation today a little bit disjointed, but I hope my hearers will reread this text, will rehear it, and will put things together. It's a very rich text. So no one has the right to touch Cain, but then Cain lives his life in punishment, he is responsible for his awon, for his onus. He cannot blame Adam. And I cannot but repeat what I said time and again, that Ezekiel is really the father of scripture. This teaching will be developed in Ezekiel. We have to wait for Ezekiel to understand the fullness of the message. So verse 16, let's hear it, which is the last verse. He went out, the English has went away, from the face of the Lord, from the countenance of the Lord. Countenance is the word that reflects the positive when God looks at us. The other one would be the nose, the ire. So Cain was no more in the good presence of the Lord. And he dwelt, very interesting, Yashab is to dwell. 
solidly in a place. <laughs> but hear it in the original. He dwelt in the land of wandering. It's oxymoronic, but that is the intention of the text. He looks as someone who is in control, kind, in possession, who lives on the Adama, but actually he lives as a wanderer. And again, to the east of Eden. So the end of verse 16 brings us to the same place in which the man and Eve were at the end of chapter 3. And with this, and we'll have to wait for next time, we hear how Cain actually did not repent because his punishment was for him to just wander on the Adama, but he decided to settle by building a city. And that is the big sin of Cain, if you like. The second one, in other words, the fact that Cain did not take advantage of the second chance the Lord gave him, and he persisted in his stubbornness. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.